0: Well, we're going to go ahead and get started with our new series and we're going to call it Scripture Scrapbook. And I want you guys to think back. We're going to be talking a lot about memories here. And I want you to think back to a time when you needed something and you didn't have it. Can you guys think about any time like that? Uh, While you're thinking about yours, I'll kind of jog your memory and I'll share one of mine. So I remember one time that after work, I was going to go to the gym. I'm like, yeah, I'm so excited to go to the gym. So I go to the gym and I'm getting all my clothes ready. And I've got like my Under Armour shirt type thing. And I've got like my tight spandex stuff. And then I got like my old t-shirt that I don't mind getting all stinky and nasty. I got like my matching sweatbands because we know how important it is to accessorize. And then I've got my shoes and my socks, but I'm missing something. And I'm like, where are my shorts? and I did not have my shorts and I'm like oh, what am I gonna do I don't have any shorts and I'm not you know confident in myself I'm not gonna run out there around in my little spandexy thingies because I'm not a, a woman volleyball player so I'm like what am I supposed to be doing here that I need shorts thankfully a couple doors down from where I go to the gym was a discount clothing store so I ran in there and I was like uh, let me grab these shorts for seven dollars and then I went back and I started working out and uh, Everything was fine, because it was nearby when I needed it. But if it wasn't there, I would have been that one guy who like had to get dressed again and like walk out of the gym, and everyone's like, didn't he just walk into the gym? Why is he leaving already and he didn't even change? So it would have been weird. Do any of you, and I'll ask you even audio people to listen, um, and think about when you did, and we're gonna pause and listen to some of our live people share when they needed something that they didn't have. So, I really like what Jaira said, and she goes, I really don't forget a lot of stuff because I like to prepare, right? And a lot of us will lay our clothes out for school the next day, or we'll make sure we have our lunch, or we'll put a little reminder in our phones, and we'll say, Google, remind me to pick up my phone, or my keys, or my wallet, or whatever it is. But the reason, the reason that I want to do this scripture scrapbook is because there is a situation every single day. That I've been thinking about we come together we have class and we read scriptures and I encourage you guys and then we turn each other loose and I don't see you for another six days and I wonder if and this is what was kind of brewing in my heart the past couple weeks I don't want there to be times where you're in a situation and you need a scripture and you just don't have it or you don't remember it or you're like oh the Bible I know the Bible says something about this And this reminds me of my junior year of high school. We were doing that pray at the flagpole thing. And I was eating a donut with my best friend. I'm like, man, the Bible, it just covers anything you could ever need. He goes, oh, yeah? I'm like, yeah. He goes, oh, yeah? And I said, yeah. And he goes, what does the Bible say about this donut? (laughs) So I was ready. I said, well, you know, in Daniel chapter 1, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were 10 times better because they didn't eat the delicacies of the king. And he's like... Here, you've earned this donut. (laughs) But because I was reading my Bible and because, I mean, a lot of it was because my mom taught children's church. So there was always something going on scripture wise. But if you think about the things that you carry with you, right? You always remember your friends' numbers because they're in your phone. Your phone's always on you. You always remember uh, what time it is because you have a watch. You always remember the things that you keep with you. So each week in this series, what we're going to do is we're going to look at different topics. And you guys can recommend topics, too. And so we will have a scrapbook page or two for those topics. And then you keep your scrapbooks. Well, I'll hang on to them until we're done. But then when we're done, you'll have this scrapbook. And then if you're ever at home and your friend sends you some snap like, oh, yeah, you know, so-and-so just uh, attempted suicide. Then you can remember, you know what? We have some scriptures about that. And you can flip through in your scrapbook. Or even send them a picture or pray over them, meditate on these things, because the Bible is full of references where people had to keep reminding themselves. Because if you don't have it, then it won't be there when you need it. In fact, uh, Pastor Tommy from camp, he has this saying, he says, if you put the word of God in when you don't need it, it will be there. When you do. So that's what we're going to be focusing on. Uh, You audio folks, I'll have a couple scriptures here in just a second, but I'm going to distribute some materials. So the first topic that we want to talk about in our scripture scrapbooks. Well, first of all, since we're talking about scripture, we need to establish that the Bible can be trusted, that it's real, that it's powerful, and that everything that it says inside of it is true. So I wanted to start off reading a couple excerpts from this article I found online called Why Trust the Bible, and it just came out February 9th, 2018, so it is exactly a year and one day old, and it's by Greg Gilbert, and he wrote a book about the Bible and why it's trustworthy. But why trust the Bible, I'm just going to read a short excerpt. Why trust the Bible? What can be known about its historical reliability? Even more than other religions, Christianity presents itself as a history. At its heart, Christianity claims that something extraordinary happened in the course of time, something concrete, something real and historical. In the Bible, the New Testament declares that a man named Jesus was born to a virgin, claimed to be God, did miracles like walking on water, raising people from the dead, was crucified on a Roman cross, then rose from the dead and ascended into heaven to reign as King of the universe. Can we conclude confidently these things are true without simply presupposing the Bible is the Word of God? Now, one way to approach, one way to find out is to approach the New Testament as a collection of historical documents that speak for themselves. But are these documents truly reliable, historically speaking? So as we go through uh, these scriptures, Everything that you base your faith on is going to come back to can I believe the Bible? Because let's say uh, one of your family members is in the hospital and you need to pray scriptures of healing. Well, are you going to believe those scriptures of healing if you can't believe the Bible? Or let's say that we have uh, victory over suicidal thoughts or depression or anxiety. Well, can we believe that we can command our mind if we don't believe that God created the universe with His words? So everything that we believe If we don't believe that the Bible is true, we can't even be sure that God raised Jesus from the dead. We can't even be sure that we are Christians. So we're going to start today with some references about the Bible and scriptures that will reassure you that the Bible is true. And we're going to start off in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. And the New International Version says this, For the Word of God is alive and active sharper than any double-edged sword it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit joints and marrow it judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart see the difference between something that we write is as soon as you print the ink on the page and it dries it's dead jesse Duplantis has a habit of saying it like this my thoughts are fossilized on a page But God's thoughts are living and active. And I think he gets that from this New International Version that translates the Word of God is alive and active. So I'm going to look at a couple other scriptures, but we're definitely going to put this one in our scripture scrapbook. And I'll leave it up here for us to write down. But I also want to now look at John chapter 1. And I'll flip through these so that we can write them down. John chapter 1. And verse 1, and this whole beginning of the chapter, the subtitle in the NIV says, The Word Became Flesh. And John chapter 1 and verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word, capitalized, was with God, and the Word was God. Then I'm going to jump all the way down to verse 14. And it says, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We've seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. So what John chapter 1 is saying, because we know that the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are about who? Who did they write about, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? They're about Jesus. So then it's interesting to me that John, when he begins writing about Jesus, says, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God so if we can figure out who this word is it has the same authority so then he comes down and talks about Jesus is the word of God now as Christians we believe that Jesus is still alive we believe that he still works miracles we believe that he's inside of us and if John says that the word is Jesus then can we trust the Bible yes yes because we trust Jesus And i'm going to look at one more scripture for you audio folks and then we're going to wrap this week up with that one and the scripture that i want to look at is in psalms 119 i believe there are very many chapters in the psalms and verse 11 psalms 119 verse 11 says this i have hidden your word In my heart, that I might not sin against you. So, as these three scriptures, just a quick survey about biblical authority, we've established that Jesus Christ, who's the same yesterday, today, and forever, is the Word of God. We've read in the book of Hebrews that the Word of God is alive and active. It's not just dead, it's not some history book like we read in school. It pertains to our lives today, and we can believe it. And we can trust it because it was written by the authority of God. And the last one that I wanted to leave you with today is 2 Timothy chapter 3 to Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 says this. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So I want everyone and you guys listening as well on the audio to take a deep breath in all together and let it out. So when you let it out, what does that come from? Your lungs, right? From your lungs. And there's a a sickness that you get when it infects your lungs and you have trouble breathing. You guys know what that's called? They say, you better put a cap on or don't go outside when you're, you're wet or you're going to catch pneumonia. That's a serious sickness, right? A cold is just like a running nose. Pneumonia impacts all of your lungs and the passageways. It actually comes from uh, a root. It's a foreign language root, and it's from the lungs. So if you're sick from the lungs, we say you have pneumonia. But this scripture in the original Greek translation says all scripture is God breathed. It's coming out of his lungs. So I want you guys to look around at the room, at each other, at this entire planet. And in the beginning of the Bible, how was the world created? God said, let there be. You guys ever heard about like the Big Bang? We like to say, well, the Big Bang, God said it and bang, it was there. So when God speaks, creative power comes out of his lungs, out of his breath. So in this scripture, all scriptures God breathed, so we know that God is still speaking to us through the Bible. And if we put that in our hearts, if we put it in our scrapbooks and we memorize it and we use it, that same creative power that formed the universe is in our lives. And that's where we're going to drop off for you audio folks. And if you want to at home, you can make your own scripture scrapbook as we go through these together. And we will talk to you next week. God bless. All right. Well, welcome to class, everyone, and welcome to the recording, all of you audio listeners. Today, for Scripture Scrapbook, we're going to be talking about healing. Now, we just watched a video from a really good resource. I definitely encourage you, if you have a computer handy, to visit kcm.org real help slash healing. And it has a lot of foundational material that we're going to talk about today. But the fact of the matter is this. God wants you to healed even more than that he wants you to walk in perfect health now we've talked about some things that we've been going through things that we can do to make ourselves healthier uh, different things to eat different things to not eat I mean you're going to do a lot better eating veggies than you are eating donuts only Uh, but from time to time you know a donut is okay (laughs) so long as you don't go overboard donut go overboard So I wanted to talk to you about a few scriptures that have to do with healing. So for those of you keeping up with the scrapbook, we're going to start today in Isaiah 53 and verse 5. So in this scripture, the prophet Isaiah is talking about Christ, and it's kind of a prophecy. Obviously, he's a prophet. And verse 5 is where we're going to pick up, and it says, Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. And I love what verse five says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds, we are healed. Now, I took a a class at Christ for the Nations, and one of the things that uh, this minister was training youth pastors was, do not tell kids God wants you sick. Don't do it, because there are churches out there, and there are people with misconceptions, and they say things like, well, I'm suffering for the Lord, or well, the Lord's touched me with sickness, and that's not true. See, this scripture says, punished by God in verse four. Jesus was punished by God. Now, here's the crazy thing. We as believers in Jesus, we know that when we confess Him as our Lord and Savior, He's taken our sin away from us. Right? Does anyone not agree with that? We need to rehash the Trinity and the salvation. We know that, right? But the weird thing is that a lot of Christians want to hang on to their sickness. They're like, well, Jesus, you know, He, uh, he took away my sin, but I'm going to hang on to this sickness. I'm like, well, I know I'm going to heaven, but, but I have to wrestle with diabetes here on earth or i know that uh jesus saved my soul but uh i just i deserve cancer or whatever's going on and people say silly things like that and they think it actually makes them more spiritual they'll be like well i'm i'm suffering for god you know he didn't want me to get too haughty or too cocky so he brought me down a couple rungs on the ladder just nothing like that in the bible at all because this is what my uh Bible class teacher said, He goes, Listen, either Jesus did it or He didn't. Either God poured out all His wrath on Christ or He didn't. Either the cross solved every problem we have or it didn't. So if we believe that Jesus paid our price, you cannot accept sickness. You can't accept poverty. You can't accept all these things that happen and people say, Well, you know, this happens and uh, we're only human. Well, yeah, we're only human, but Jesus was and He was punished. By God. And so if we believe in Jesus and we walk in repentance, then we are not punished by God. There's no double jeopardy here. Now, another scripture that we're going to read is Psalms, since we're over in the Old Testament. Psalms chapter 147, quite a few chapters in the Psalms. I'm going to read you 147 and verse 3. And Psalm 147 and verse 3 says this He heals the brokenhearted, and binds up their wounds. Now, I just want you to, for a second, envision this. He's, again, David, King David, is talking about Jesus. He's got a revelation. And he says he heals the brokenhearted. And so everybody, when they hear that, they're like, okay, Jesus up in heaven, like, he sends his little magic pixie dust down, and we float like Peter Pan. You guys know what I'm talking about? But the next image here, and binds up their wounds, that's more... That's more personal. Now, I've been binge watching this military show, and uh, it was the final season. And they had this invasion on this force that attacked us, and one of the guys he lost his legs in an explosion, and it's kind of a kind of a graphic thing. But the the combat medic was out there, and immediately to save him, he wrapped up his legs with gauze, and it's a very traumatic scene. But when I read this scripture. Anyone can picture in their mind, okay, Jesus is up in heaven and he sends me peace. But then the second part of the verse, and binds up their wounds. That's a very personal thing. Like Jesus can't bind up your wounds if he's far away. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like if you've ever cut yourself and you've been that awkward, like where the band-aid's stuck on one hand but you can't use the other hand, you know what I'm talking about? Like you have to be right there to bandage something. So when the Bible tells me that Jesus binds up my wounds, it tells me that he's right there. He's with me. He's next to me. He's caring for me. Whatever's going on, he's not just some faraway fairy godparent. He's right next to me, binding up my wounds. And the last scripture we're going to use for this week's scripture scrapbook is 1 Peter chapter 2, and verse 24. Now, Peter walked with Jesus, he knew him, he lived with him, they traveled together. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 24 says this, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. And I want to take just kind of a brief theological break, because the prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament, by faith, was saying, hey, Jesus is coming, and that's going to bring healing. We are healed, we are healed, we are healed. But Peter, in the New Testament, has this revelation, Jesus died on the cross already, I saw him risen from the dead, and the work is done. That's why Peter uses past tense. We have been healed. See, Isaiah is speaking faith, Christ is coming, we are healed. Christ is coming, we are healed. But Peter saw it happen. He was there. So when he tells people, he's like, hey, it's already done. You have been healed. So whenever somebody says, you know, oh, I'm suffering for the Lord, or I'll be healed in the sweet by and by, I want you to think about these three scriptures in particular and hang on to your scrapbooks when we finish with all these topics and know that, you know what, I don't have to be sick. I don't have to accept a cold. I don't have to accept cancer. I don't have to accept anything The enemy tries to put on me because Jesus did not lie to me. He's not still in the grave. He didn't stay stuck in hell. He rose with victory over sin, over sickness, and over our separation from God. So that's what I wanted to encourage you with this week with our Scripture Scrapbooks. Tune in next time to hear more.